Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barry Carlin, and with me today, I have Fionn Anushin of the band Late Night Pharmacy to chat with me about their brand new single, Can't Sleep Without Paracetamol, which is out on the 7th of April, alongside a gig to promote it, which is on in Bellow Bar on the 8th of April, uh, alongside support from Fine Joy. So that should be a really, really fun show to go to. I will be there. Uh, really, really looking forward to it, especially after this interview, because the lads were absolutely hilarious, really, really insightful, really fun to talk to. We were chatting about like a whole host of other topics on top of the uh, new single release, such as XCOM, the video game took up a bit, uh, New Metal, Queens of the Stone Age, and California bizarrely came up. Um, I'm not sure why, actually, but um, yeah, <laughs> it was a very fun episode to record. And anyway, we'll get on with it, but uh, normally at this point in the episode, we have the theme music by Zach Stevenson playing, but today we have a cool 30-second sneak preview of the new single, Can't Sleep Without Power, Seen Well from the Lads. So uh, that's what you're about to hear now, and uh, I'll get on with the episode, and thank you very much. I'm so Also, I hate doing the opening. I always, I really do. I hate doing the opening and I hate doing the outro. And I say it to every band, I always get very kind of just like, why do I have to do this? But um, we're here for episode 36 with Late Night Pharmacy. All right, lads, how are you getting on? I have Fiona Nushin with me. How are you doing? How are you doing? You well? <laughs> how was your Paddy's Day? You did play a gig on Paddy's Day, didn't we you? We did, yeah. Yes. We played, um, Whelan's were doing, we're doing a, a little gig for Paddy's Day. So we played with, uh, uh, who, who was playing that night? It was, it was fi- there was Fine Joy, I remember. Yeah, Under Starling. Spirit sides, a bunch of gold bands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good, it good fun. Yeah, it looked fucking class from the videos anyway. Yeah. yeah. Good day to play. Well, is it a good day to play? Is it one of those gigs where, like, were you on very, very late? Is it one of those ones where people are too drunk or were you just at the perfect sweet spot at I think we had the sweet time? spot, yeah, because yeah. we were like yeah. half eight. Yeah. Oh, half eight. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You're fine then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just before I came here, I was, I was telling, um, I was meeting some old colleagues for, for, for dinner. I was telling them, like, after our set on Paddy's Day, because Whelan's was full of like you know Yanks and you know yeah. English people over over for the, for, the, for the weekend and that, and these two English girls they came up to me after after the show and they did, they didn't like introduce themselves or say like hello or whatever they were just like <laughs> are you single <laughs> oh straight away straight away like right, right that like that and I was like no and then the other one was like oh my friend loves gingers <laughs> I, I felt so objectified or something you know so that was that was my potty story it was great it was pretty good <laughs> I, I tell you about the girl who talked to me before the show no this girl came up like kind of drunk right before we played and was like oh do you play like you know like folk songs like the Pogues and the Dubliners you know for Paddy's Day and I go to her like her or something wasn't yeah it? <laughs> and I go to her like I'll tell you what We'll open with a bit of whiskey in the jar because <laughs> we had this joke set up already where, where you just play whiskey in the jar for like 10 seconds and then just went into our own song. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> I thought it'd be, it'd be, it'd be like tipping our hat to the occasion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Paddy's Day is one of those because like I used to work in Eddie Rockets and Paddy's Day was always the day that we would dread. But this year I actually had quite a calm one, but I did at one point I was in a bar where um, I was in a club actually that I didn't want to be in. I won't name it, but... People kept walking by and hitting into my back over. And it was the same guy over and over and over again. 
I was like, why is this guy getting up from his seat so much? And then I just realized the bathroom was around the corner. I was like, oh, there you go. Mm. <laughs> Back. <laughs> yeah. It was just it was just before um, before the gig, actually. Um, we were having dinner um, in Bobo's. And we just look across the road. And there's just some guy, like, just, like, like sitting like this. Like, just getting sick onto the pavement. No, it was now. literally outside. It, was it the Eddie Rockets, like, on Wexford Street? That's the one he was He was getting sick onto your old Eddie Rockets. <laughs> I remember I had a... I remember I was working in one where... Um, it was with Americans and I had to, they, I would walk by and they go, can I get a drink of water? And it's like, of course you can get a drink of water. And then it was like, does anybody else want any other drink before I go and leave this table? And they were like, no. And then you need to come back and they're like, can I also get a drink of water? <laughs> and they did it like four times. And eventually I was just like, look, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not getting you another glass of water because there's other tables that I have to look out for. And they're like, oh, okay, we respect that. And then I walked away. And just as I turn around, I just you know when you can just feel someone getting up behind mm. you? She went straight to the manager. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Extreme Karen behavior. I mean, like straight away. Wow. But um, yeah, so I guess we'll do the normal questions, which is like I, when I was asked when I have bands on, how did you guys start? <laughs> um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll feel this one. Yeah, you I can't really handle this You weren't there yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I started the band um, in 2017. Um, so I had like... I played in like a band uh, when I was in secondary school and I've written a few songs for it, but we never like recorded them and the band broke up and then I was kind of like dusting these songs off and I was like, these songs, these, songs, these songs are actually pretty good. And there was a mate of mine from college and I heard him uh, singing like a, a open mics and stuff and I was like, this guy has a really good voice. Um, so I was like, I, I was thinking of recording these songs. Do you want to like sing on them? And he's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So so we rec- recorded our first um, EP, that was in 2017. So that was with um, Dave on vocals, and then my friend Hector produced it. And so, so it was we 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 booked a studio to record the drums, and then everything else was just recorded in Hector's. Was tiny, this was this the tiny room you were tiny talking about? Tiny apartment, like literally half the size of this. And he was like, "See, so when we were, when recording the bass and the guitars and the keys, like it was all done with DI. When we when we recorded the vocals, he was like, we have to wait till like late at night because like." You'll hear the, the traffic in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so like, this is like yeah. real, yeah. yeah real <laughs> real zero OG budget. still, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't completely happy with, happy with the production, but like I was, I, I thought that I was pretty happy with the songs themselves. And then we've just been, yeah, I've just been recording and, and gigging since then and losing members and getting members and all the rest of it. So here we are. And I'm the, I'm the only guy who's still there from, 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 the, from the very start. And like, how do you go? Because I think would it be fair to say that you've quite a, like a storytelling quality to some of your songs. Like, like how do you go about actually constructing a song? Uh, like, wh- like who does you start? Ri- do you start writing hmm. music and then the lyrics, or yeah, typically the um, I think the music always almost always comes first. Um, I write I write most of the songs, um, but uh, some some but the other guys will like will like chip in and we'll we'll jam things out and and then usually once we're we're happy with the arrangement and we've you know jammed it and rehearsed it a bit then we start adding lyrics and um yeah, I suppose the lyrics is normally like you and Rob yeah come up with like a concept for yeah like we want to tell like this kind of story we have a theme then, in mind or something yeah because yeah. it's funny the first song that came on that I heard by you guys was the, the rickshaw song mm. I was like I, I'm am I getting crack addicts over to my house <laughs> okay so the story for that, one, that that's a particularly <laughs> unique story uh, yeah that was that was funny because I was um and then I listened to your rest of stuff. I was like, "Oh, there, okay." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I suppose that one's like it's not autobiographical, but um, I was, it was like what twenty twenty, and yeah, d- during during COVID, and I was living in Inchicore, 
at the time, so I get I'd get the, the the Lewis back, and I just had this thing. I don't know what it is. Like I have one of those faces, I guess, where like I'd be on the, Lu- the like puppy transport, and like drug addicts will just talk to me. Yeah, I guess I just have like a approachable kind of face. I get that as well, and it's it's, but I get the kind of like where they kind of try and tell me their life stories yeah. and I'm not trying to be rude to them, but I'm just kind of like, oh, and I, I for whatever bizarre reason, I just can never leave mm. and I will be there for fucking ages. And my dad says it to me all the time. He's just like, just move. Yep. And I was like, nope, I can't. Just when they have me locked in there, I'm just like, oh God, I just, I don't, you know, you freeze up. Like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, partly like, you know, I am kind of sympathetic and like, you oh, know. Oh, no, 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 I am sympathetic, obviously, yeah. yeah. I, 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 and it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, Put off or anything, anything, and when they're telling me their 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 whole life story, I was I was on the Lewis and I was just talking to these two guys called Michael and Ringo. They started talking to me, and I'm kind of interested because like if it's I mean it's it's bleak but also kind of fascinating, you mm. know. So they're just telling me their whole story about um about uh being in out of prison and 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 smoking crack and all, all that kind of stuff, and and um. That song it was it was it was interesting because Rob, our singer, he wrote this guitar riff uh, years ago because he was just kind of like jamming himself, and he was like, "I wrote this riff. Do you guys like it?" And then um, I kind of took that riff and built the whole song around it, and then added these lyrics, and that was how the song came about. So. Yeah, did you know? Have you noticed the rickshaws are back? I have. Have you noticed? Yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, do you remember the day? Do you remember the days of the rickshaws? I was just like, they were crazy times. Like, because you would always be able to tell. Like, I remember when I was in college, you'd be able to tell the guys who the guys got the yokes off just the regular dealers, mm. and then they got the, the guys who got the yokes off the rickshaw dealers. You're like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Help, it helps have a little bit of a little working knowledge. Yeah, a little qual- qual- quality control. Like. <laughs> I did see. I was in town, and I was in town last week, and seeing them going around. I was just like, "Oh, what the fuck? That, yeah. Okay, they're back." Yeah, they kind of vanished during COVID, and it's good, it's good to see them back. And so I guess it's a sign of the recovery, or, or <laughs> whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I think it'll be heavily regulated this mm. time around. Mm. Yeah, because <laughs> I was even trying to because I got a new job recently, trying to explain to people who weren't from Dublin, just like it's like if you wanted to get, you can get them very easily, whatever you want now. But it's like if you really wanted to get them rickshaw dudes yeah, and they yeah. were just like I don't understand why that was a thing it was like it, it just it, it spiraled out of control very quickly yeah <laughs> it's it's like how you know when I, was, when I was living in Jakor like it'd be like you know five o'clock in, in the evening in December and you'd hear the fucking ice cream van going around and like I have experienced that from staying over at my friends in a yeah. once or twice what was that about? it's just again it's just a it's a plausible deniability thing it's, like a, it's, a, it's a front like like we were actually interviewing and um, we were auditioning a couple of singers because when our, when our old singer left we were auditioning three singers and, we were, and one of the guys we were auditioning was a former guard and oh, I expressed okay. this theory that the ice cream van is just a front he's like yeah I'm a guard can't confirm <laughs> Oh, okay. That's yeah. good to know. So there you go. There's one going around Cabin TV Children's Playground every sun- summer. So. <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 just what, life. <laughs> watch what's in those 99s. Yeah. Like. <laughs> little cigarette hidden around the shop. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have a new single out, would oh. you mind telling me a bit about it? Yeah, this one's, um, this one's uh, kind of interesting because um, it was mostly written by our previous bassist, uh, Michael. So he... Um, he moved to uh, London in September, so that, so uh, we, re- we 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 really wanted him to play um, uh, on these songs, but b- before he headed off, so we we booked some studio time and, and we just got him to play the bass lines for for two singles. So the next one's coming out in, in July. So he he wrote like 
nine percent of this song, and then we kind of tweaked it a little, little bit, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, I was kind of like, "Geez, you've been Michael, you've been in the band for 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 years, and we didn't really know that you you're actually pretty pretty handy at, at, at songwriting." So um, yeah, he wrote the kind of the guts of that, and then Rob and I just put put a uh, put the lyrics over it, and um, um, yeah, in the studio we were kind of to me like when I. I was playing it. I just it reminded me of that song "Wicked Game" by Chris Isaac. Yeah, I when I saw because you sent me the press release, obviously, yeah. and when, so when I when I, when I read it, I was just like, oh, and I, for whatever bizarre reason, I was like, I don't know that song, and then yeah. I listened to it. It was like, okay, that's not what I thought that was going to be the inspiration, but yeah. well, the the, mm-hmm. the kind of jumping off point, I guess, from the well. So why was it? Why was it that song? Like, was it just? I don't know. Just like when I, when we were playing it in the studio, just that was the kind of vibe I got. It was just it's very, it's a very kind of like smooth and like you can imagine like uh, for me like whenever whenever i heard it i I just saw like someone sitting on a yacht drinking a mimosa (laughs) so so i i I, you know our drummer did the artwork and i said like that's what i see in my head so just do the artwork yeah 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 because i really liked it as well yeah Yeah, he's he's a a man of many talents um so i just like let's do something with that and then and then um we're getting um my friend peter to mix it and i just said like i just sent him like you know chris isaac and it's like this is the kind of vibe i want just that kind of like sexy reaver because that was the thing it was more like not even so much like the riffs and stuff more just the production yeah. production aesthetic yes it's like with yeah. the game how old is that song now actually Oof. with the game well, i guess maybe 40 years old is like, it eight it's not 80s is it it is 80s is I it? Think, yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna guess 87 88 something like that and are you a band that like recording because you did it in what was the name of the studio again black um, black mountain black yeah i yeah. do do what was that like actually it was cool yeah, yeah. um we it's done in I'm gonna say I always mix them up. Dundalk, I'm gonna say Dundalk, and um, yeah, it was it was funny because when, when we, we just booked one one day, and when we got there, the scratch were like packing up all their gear, so they just finished their session. So, it was, um, but yeah, it was great. Lads. Uh, <laughs> got a, lads. <laughs> lads. Um, but uh, yeah, they got a great great uh, live room, and um, and just I was really I was really happy with, with, with the drum tones we got because I'm 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 really particular about, about, about drum tones um and yeah so we did we did the drums and the bass in black mountain and then we did um guitars and the vocals and stuff in uh soundcaster which is in inchicore so yeah but um uh, i mean like you can kind of record like, guitars almost anywhere but like for drums you really need a, a good room oh man like i the, the, do you ever listen to a song like i don't know if you're if you both are the same but where the song's class but the drums are shit mm. and you just go like oh my god why couldn't you've just done the drums it's I, like it's like when you hear like a like a, a grindcore band and like it's a really cool song but then they, 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 they but like the, the drummer that's like, the snare really tight it's like <laughs> I still maintain Saint Anger would have been a good, a decent album if the fucking genuine, drums. Genuinely, genuinely. <laughs> I know it's like I know it's the easy one to go to because like everybody knows that yeah. fucking. Like it's just, why is it? Why would you? Why would you play off a bin? Do you know I mean, I, I, I kind of understand the in principle the whole idea of like oh you know to be innovative you have to like break all the rules but like some of the rules are there for a reason you know and like you know that yeah it's like we know no- enough about recording drums to just get it right every time and right. people just still just don't do it like. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to distinguish yourself i guess you have to do something really fucking crazy and sometimes that works and sometimes it really yeah. doesn't work yeah. so. metallic have a few fuck- like lulu was a d- i don't know what was going on did you ever listen to i lulu heard about I, I heard one of the singles and i was like what is have this have you ever listened to it no it's lou reed it's oh, okay. an album with lou reed it, it, <laughs> It's it's so bad. It's just like Metallica <laughs> instrumentals, and then Lou Reed doing spoken word over it, and it doesn't uh, work. But they're doing, like, they're doing some like Greek Greek 
tragedy play or something yeah. like that as well. It's like a there's, Brechtian thing or something. Yeah, right? there's like a famous like I am the table. Like he just yeah. keeps repeating over and over and over again. <laughs> Very strange. Reminds me of Iggy Pop, like the yeah. album with Josh Homme. Well, the, the, no, Iggy Boston. Like I remember, he had a song with um, was it Underworld, where he kept repeating the line, "He used to be able to smoke on the airplane." I was like, "Good for you!" <laughs> like it was like, so, but it was like it was like done as some like profound kind Statement of like of things have changed, and it was like, yeah, people were allowed to smoke, and that's not a new fact. Like people, people were aware of that. <laughs> Damn, bro, we live in a society. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because Iggy Pop, like, and the on the album we did with Josh Homme, he's got the the very last song. The last like five minutes is just him just ranting about the modern world, and like he's trying. It's like it's like he's trying to do a whole punk thing, but about the modern world, and he just comes off like a like a whinging old dude. He literally mm. says like, oh, "I take your laptop and." shove it in your mouth and <laughs> shit it out your ass you fucking loser so literally like old man yells at cloud kind of yeah literally, literally yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay cool <laughs> oh that's not a good look at all <laughs> but like what was Josh Homme doing on it yeah so he like just wrote all the songs with Iggy Pop and played guitar and do you ever get like those match made in heaven where you're just kind of like oh my god this could be a really cool project and then it happens and you're just like hmm Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, I mean, I don't, I don't rate Iggy Pop that highly. <laughs> oh, fair enough. You know, okay. <laughs> I listen to that album literally because I love Josh Homme so much. Okay. And I love the album because the, just the whole, like, the aesthetic of it and the guitars are, like, gorgeous. And it's got, like, like Matt Helders on the drums and stuff. Um, But Iggy Pop, I mean, I don't know. He's just sort of, like, <laughs> he just sort of yells about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really sing in key. To be, to be, I can't really complain because most bands that I listen to just yell about stuff as well. <laughs> <laughs> if you can call it yeah, whatever it is, I don't know. Like it, it's funny when you ever, I you know, with uh, metal bands, you're kind of like, yeah, then they have him, Dylan, whatever, singing on this, and like singing is that yeah. what you call yeah. it? You're like, well, well what else do you? Have? You know the website, the Hard Times, and the satire website. <laughs> the, no, what's this? Yeah, it's, it's just like it's like it's like the Onion, but it's like for like punk and metal bands. And no, stuff. I don't actually know. Oh my it's, god, it's, I need to check. It's, that it's out a lot actually. of fun, but they had just had an article one time. It was called like vocalist identifies as singer. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, in promotion of the single, what do we do? What do we? What's going on? <laughs> the gig yeah, next week. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we're doing this gig on the on the eighth of April, which uh, we're really looking forward to. And it's in Bellow Bar. I've never played Bellow Bar, and the last, I think the last five gigs we played were all in Wheelands, so we're really looking forward to playing somewhere that isn't Wheelands. No offense to Wheelands. Have you? We no, Wheelands. we love Wheelands. Have you been to Bellow Bar at all? I haven't been. I haven't been. Um, there's no state. You know, there's it's flat stage. I think. Yeah, I think. Michael mentioned that our old basis I think he mentioned that and I was like what's that like but it's a great venue every time I've been there the sound has been phenomenal oh, cool. it's just yeah it's, it's just a really really cool venue and just I, I don't know there's something kind of um really nice about a flat stage I don't know because you're you know like the well Wheelands is a great venue as well mm. because it's we all love Wheelands but like you know the, the stage isn't crazy high but yeah. I don't know why there's something really cool about having a band like just with the mic when the microphone's right in face front to face, of you, you yeah. Do, yeah, 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 that'll be interesting. Yeah, like the, the first gig I ever went to was in the Academy Two, mm. and it's just like tiny and flat. Stage. Oh, the Academy Two, yeah, yeah. That's, that's in the basement, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's the cool. best gig to this day, the best gig that I was ever at was in the Academy Two, which really, was yeah. to see the band The Bronx. Do you know them? Heard of them. They're, um, I've repeated this story way too many times in the podcast, but anyway, <laughs> uh, they're a 
like they're like a, they are they're a rock but they're a rock punk band basically but um the singers like here on me hmm. uh never was on the stage was in the crowd the whole time moshing with everybody but singing on key the whole time and i mean like wow. they are singing um but then every four so- he, at the beginning of the gig he would get he at the very big after four songs he goes who wants to be my masterpiece uh for the next week for the next night for this night and he picks out this guy who had hair longer than yourself by the way so he had hair <laughs> down to his ass and uh gets him up on stage and just gets a razor uh electric razor and just goes <laughs> blade zero just all there and he goes i will bring you back in four more songs so, this, so he s- sends him off and then and he does it for the whole night and by the end of the night your man just had like a perfect circle here on the very front of his forehead of just one long strong head <laughs> just trying the whole way down but um yeah no yeah, yeah you i couldn't beat it like there's just you can you can get as much fucking light shows as you want and all that you, can, you can't beat those there's no kind of, of like Im- improvised crowd engagement like that that's yeah really, no. that's really cool yeah but uh this is the portion of the podcast where i start asking you random questions if you were drunk in a bar which is where this podcast basically started because i was annoying the fuck out of bands the entire time we were drunk <laughs> at bars asking them stupid questions about their band um so uh let's see um uh, oh yeah Current go-to music. Hmm. Um, what was I listening to? Um, I've been listening to a lot of like wackier stuff than I would normally. How wacky are we talking? Pink Panther. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this week I was listening to um a bunch of Steve Reich. Oh, oh that's a jazz guy, right? Yeah. Uh, sort of minimalist, like classical music yeah like like piano uh yeah well like orchestral stuff okay yeah um steve Reich blows my mind um there's a bunch of like stuff like that where i've just been sort of exposed to it by like just beating like one random person who just has this really niche interest in music mm. or like stuff i like studied for research in college that like you know just sort of I wouldn't have found it otherwise just from, you know, like listening to bands and like what my friends listen to. I just mm. randomly came across it because someone showed it to me. It's just like, ugh, it's like minimalist, minimalist, like orchestral classical music. Do you ever listen, if you're listening to that, you might like, uh, do you know Bing and Ruth? No. They're like, um, I don't know if it's a two piece or if it's just one guy who happens to be called Bing and Ruth, but it's like just piano structures, but like really, really, it's it's not ambient per se, but it's it's gorgeous music now. Mm. I've been listening, I, I listen to it before I go to bed, oh, okay. but it's not as, um, there's nothing hectic about it. It's just mm. these kind of piano with a tiny bit of electronic th- stuff going in on it. Yeah. So you might like that. I think okay. it's Starcold Choker is the name of one of their famous albums, something mm. similar to that, but they're they're fantastic. Yeah. And what about yourself? I, um, <laughs> I joined the gym in January you know the whole news resolution thing mm. i was i was determined to stick it out i'm like i'm not gonna be one of those people who like quits in, in february um and i i think i'm spending too much time in the gym because i'm starting to <laughs> i'm starting to enjoy the music they play in the gym oh so just like hard style techno kind of yeah stuff so i'm listening to like a lot of like uh rita aura <laughs> and like That's italian like funk funk which is a genre i just just funk go, funk it's like you know the Hotline Miami soundtrack. It's a bit like that. Mm, okay, kind of like distorted. Oh, house is that what yeah. that's called? Like Hotline Miami is one of my fa- all-time yeah. favorite games. It's a fantastic. Oh, game. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I played it. I bought the soundtrack. It's, it's, I, there's so many cool, cool bands I, I, or artists I, I discovered just from that game. So yeah, perturbator, perturbator, perturbator. That's how I discovered him. Yeah, and Moon was another. Moon was great. Yeah. I remember we used to get uh, <laughs> we, we we when we were at an after sesh we'd get really drunk and we'd play 
just Hotline Miami taking in turns, just like you have 10 deaths <laughs> and then you have to pass the controller. And like, if for anybody who hasn't played the game, 10 deaths in Hotline Miami is not a lot. That's, yeah. that's like two and a half minutes yeah. of playing. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like Hotline Miami is one of the hardest games I've played. I think I played it drunk. I just get upset. Like, yeah. Yeah. See, see I I fucking love hard games. Like I've uh, recently beat Dark Souls. I saw you had the Dark Souls on the wallpaper. Beat it yeah. without dying. So uh, I'll beat, I'll beat the first Dark Souls without dying. Currently oh. trying to beat Sifu without dying. Um, and then we'll be doing Dark Souls 3 and Sekiro will be after that as well uh, just obsessed with games where you can't die for, for I will long... never do Hotline Miami because I think I'll be 80 by the time that I do it <laughs> for, for a long time I was I was really into playing uh, XCOM yeah. uh, oh I love yeah. XCOM yeah, and, and I love XCOM at, at, at some point I just decided I made it my mission uh, I'm going to beat it because there's a mode like Iron Man where you where you haven't you done Iron Man mode in XCOM have you I, I, I decided I'm going to, going to beat it classic Iron Man oh Jesus Christ and it took I me years <laughs> and then when I finally did it I was like I have nothing more to live for my, 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 my life goal is, is, is it's like is, 700 <laughs> hours later like it's it's, it's my most played game in Steam See, I, what? I probably played XCOM wrong like I did not play it Iron Man mode I played it in like little bitch mode yeah. and then like I just customized all my dudes and then <laughs> I'd get really attached to them and give yes. them names and one of them would die to be like I'm really only my same I love them too you much you do what I do where you name them after all your friends and then- <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, so I, because I stream on Twitch, so I would name them after, like, if followers were common to name them after mm, them. And they'd be yeah. like, don't you fuck it. And they just <laughs> gets killed in a car bomb. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, the worst is when they're, like, are they called chrysalids, where they grab them and turn them into a zombie. Mm, yeah. And you're just like, oh. When you have to shoot your dude because yeah, he's a zombie. Yeah, you shoot your dude, oh. yeah. Because he keeps fucking bitch slapping your other dude. It's, uh, it's awful. <laughs> there's a video, of, there's a video, because I have a clip of me on Twitch where I, I had a sniper that uh, I was like, I have to kill this guy. It's 99% chance. If he misses, though, we're fucked. Mm. And he missed. <laughs> That's nice, <laughs> <gone>, baby. <laughs> it is such a frustrating game to oh. play. Oh, it's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> um, so if you could collab with anybody, who would it be? Oh, I'm going to do this one first. Um, I, um, I would collab with Yoshiko O'Hara. I don't know that name now. So, so there's this. I I don't think they're still going, but it was Sorry, like coming out with some wanker answers this evening. I apologize. <laughs> if you want to see pretentious, you should go over to that vinyl collection. There is some, there is some, there no. some really dodgy picks in there. There's an album that was bought just because they did a limited edition of 666 copies. Oh, so. come on. <laughs> what band was that? Ulthor. Oh. Is the coolest is the coolest vinyl pressing you'll ever see. It's okay. pink and purple. I'll show it to you after. Cool. But, um, yep. But um, no, the, I don't know if they're still going. But um, there's this. Uh, it was this, this. It was this doom metal band from the from New York. So there was just like this tiny Japanese girl. She moved from Japan to New York, and she just was just like, I want to be in a band. And like she met some musicians, and they were like, Can you, are you a musician? She's like, Nope. <laughs> but she was like, I'll sing. So they they like they, they did like two albums and the second album was called like Summon and it's cool because it's just like really slow grinding doom metal and then like Japanese singing over it and it's like as in sick. like uh, J-pop singing or no actual, no no like, like, just, like actual, just like like singing yeah, yeah, and, so, and some of the lyrics are in Japanese some are in English, like in broken English and then I just like it's just it's, I'm just like where did I'm you find this album <laughs> I used to read um, Terrorizer magazine because I was a really, I was a big metalhead when I was in. Secondary school. That explains some of the influences on the right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. So. Uh. Yeah. I just. I would. I would find a bit like new, new bands through there, and like there was this label called uh, Profound Lore Records. Oh, Profound Lore, fantastic yeah. record label. Yeah. They would. They like when I, when I was like 
17, 18, like about 90% of the, the albums mm. I listened to were just profound lore, profound lore stuff. So that's how I found Bully Panda. So, yep, yeah, Yoshiko Ahara, if you're listening, let's, let's do some <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay, Glenn, I got to think about my answer other than the last time we just, just picked just, the last thing I listened to. Just say, just um, say Josh Homme. I know you're yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's Josh Homme. It's Queen's Stone Age. It's just like, like, it's consistently my favorite band since I was like 15 years old. Mm. Um, I just love what they do. Favorite album by them? I would say, oh, it's such a tough question. It is, isn't it? It is tough. But I, I usually say like Clockwork. See, like Clockwork is the one that I first listened to because yeah. my friends. Yeah, I, I have this thing where I've said it so many times. Podcast where when people recommend me music on, you'll love this band. I actively don't listen to them because <laughs> I fucking hate when people tell me that yeah. that I'll like it. And uh, for ages, they were like, "Why haven't you listened to like Sounds for the Deaf or whatever?" Like. And eventually it was like, all oh, right, grand. Because I used to buy, which explains this whole CD collection. Uh, HMV had a deal where it's like 15 euro for three albums. So I would buy two that I knew and then one that I didn't. Mm, that's like, funny. Clockwork, like, yeah. Clockwork, like Clockwork was one that I didn't and bought. And it was like, oh shit. Um, second I heard Smooth Sailing, I was like, oh, I fucked up severely on mm. this uh, this pick. That's my favorite <laughs> track of the album. Is it actually? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, okay, so like, when people like when I want to get people into Queen Stones, I tell them to listen to like Clockwork because I think it, like no matter it's, what it's quite it's quite accessible. It's accessible. And it's yeah. like no matter what kind of music you're into, you'll like it. But Ooh. at the same time, even though it's probably their most accessible album, I'd say it's also their most sort of uh, you know unique. Like mm. they're really doing something special here, kind mm. of album. Like Songs to Death is obviously incredible, but at the same time, it's just like ah yeah, but it's just like a really like top notch rock album. Whereas like Clockwork is like. It's really something else, you know what I mean? Is that the one Mark Ronson produced? No. Oh, okay. That one was Ronson not one? very good. That was Villains. Right. Um, oh, Villains was not good. No. Uh, was that the one with the devil with the eyes yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah so I wasn't Mark, a fan of that. Mark Ronson produced that, which is is why it's bad. It's like, yeah. I know, like, Mark Ronson is really talented. Yes. And like, I love a lot of the stuff he's done. And he just like, he tried to do a rock album and it didn't work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he tried to do a rock. It's weird doing a rock album with a band that has a very signature style as well. You'd, yeah, yeah, that's. Mm. <laughs> and the production on Like Clockwork was so good. I was just like, just do that again. Yeah. yeah. Who did the production on Like Clockwork? I know this guy. I think this guy Mark Rubin sort of engineered and produced some of it. Okay. Um, I can't remember who. Mm. Maybe he produced it. I can't remember. Yeah. I remember hearing about it. It was like a mathcore band, Rolo Tomasi. Oh, amazing band. Yeah, but yeah. they got like Diplo to produce one of their albums. I'm like, what? Why? Well, yeah. Really? I mean, I heard that. Yeah, it's like you can you can see that maybe like turning out well, but they then do sometimes have, it doesn't. Well, yeah. see, well, they're not really a math rock band. Like, as in they have math influences, but they have crazy electronic stuff going on. Oh, okay, fair enough. Have you ever listened to them? I've heard like one or two singles. They're yeah. they're a me- they're a mental band. They were yeah. when they started off, they were known they were known as Nintendo Core was the oh, name right, of the music. Yeah. Um, but um, they were kind of. I'll be honest with you. Their their first couple of stuff I thought was uh, pretty shit. It was kind of. Um, really it was like enter shikari on ecstasy which is already kind of what enter shikari are so um uh like but it but they later became quite the the songwriting became very 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 deep and personal and okay. just uh, very mature despite the fact that the music was kind of as chaotic as it was they're mm. very interesting about i've seen them twice um i would recommend going to see them uh if you get the chance because they have this uh, the singer is i can't remember how small she is but she's pretty short mm. and um very skinny as well 
and just is able to do these beautiful harmonies, beautiful singing, and then just the most wretched screaming, like instantly. It's as mm. like I don't know how people do that with their vocals. It's uh. it just it's, it just feels sore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I once tried to be the singer in a metal band. I gave up after two rehearsals because I was like, I'm in pain. I feel I have a headache. I'm I'm feel <laughs> nauseated. Uh, I can't I can't do it. I mean, I, they tell they they tell me like there are techniques where it doesn't hurt, but yeah. I never learned those techniques. So. I just I don't, I don't know the right way to I do was it. able to do it when I was drunk um <laughs> and I, I was I was like you guys were being kind and there's videos of me doing it but then um when I was sober I'd just be like ah <laughs> it just really be terrible it's just the Dutch courage isn't <laughs> yeah, it yeah yeah it really was because but you, but you notice the next day after doing it because you're fucking thr- as exactly as it would be in ribbons like you just yeah. destroyed I don't know how people do it yeah. and even those singers like like Randy Bly who can basically talk in the in the shouty vocal it's like mm. what is going on yeah it's a, it's a, it's a very. It's, oh, your diaphragm! It's like fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, it's a very uh, uh, specific skill, and I think I'm not, I'm not cut out for it. I can do it like in in short bursts, like when we're playing live or something. But because like, you, yeah. you do the backing vocals as well, on some of the tracks, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Mo- oh, who? Uh, here's a question: most underrated artist. Hmm. <laughs> Some just by the way, because this is a audio only podcast, both of their heads just went right <laughs> <laughs> straight away. Um, I oh, oh, this is really hard. Fuck. Um, because like you're trying to think of someone who like at the same time deserves to be rated, so it's like yeah. somewhat known, but uh, nah. <laughs> Um, I think Dido should be more respected than she is. That's not where I thought. Uh, this this part of the interview always surprises me because mm. it's always a, the people pick people that not, I did not think where they were going to go. Yeah. Why Dido? I I mean like if she's you a great listen, songwriter and great vocalist. So if if you listen to like the first album especially, the production on that is really creative. Um, it's actually I saw um. She's the godmother to a person I went to school with, believe it or really? not. Really? Yep. No right. way. Yep. But, um, no, Aiden, we were talking earlier about uh, uh, Grace Dagg and, and uh, yeah, yeah. Aiden Cunningham. Mixed... Wait, we, never, we completely glossed over that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll come back to that now. But uh, Aiden Cunningham, he he produced their um, their last album and he he produced four of our, our, four of our singles. Um, but he posted on um, on his Instagram story a while ago. I just saw, <laughs> saw he, was, he shared that song, Here With Me, by Dido and he said like if Tom York had sung on this this would be the best sing- song off OK Computer and I'm like facts straight facts <laughs> Dido's incredible yeah yeah. I mean I, I still listen to the, the first two albums like a lot what's so great about the production on it though it's like- just like it's a really clever because because like on one hand she's like you know it's a folky folky album with like acoustic guitars and whatever these things are and you know like uh bongos or whatever but then, but then it's like just moving his hands yeah, so yeah as you did that i just caught that you're wearing a california t-shirt by the way california big big fan of the old corminator um that's yeah, that's who i want to collab that, with actually the corminator yeah. Cormac, 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 if you're out there yeah 
<laughs> That's not a joke though. Actually, Cormac. Yeah. If some Cormac hears that, do you want to do like a spoken word part on the uh, the next track? Yeah, or, I would yeah. just get Cormac to just you know like say things while lifting things. Is that the know? eggs dude who just bought the eggs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for, uh, for, 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 um, Rob told me actually Cormac is a taxi driver. If you get him to just He's come in, driver. yeah, you get him to just like come in and do his taxi driver shtick and then just like put, put a beat on it and that'd be, that'd be that would be a class that'd be the maniac 2000 of his I, generation I remember at the fucking Metalifornia the, you remember, who was the lad that was meant to be like the mic the situation thing that was on the, <laughs> oh, his, the version of him the Philly but I can't remember his name yeah. but he was on he was doing an interview with Gaz from Jordy Shore who's just like <laughs> venereal disease walking but um <laughs> but uh what, what what was it uh here he's like how many women have you slept and he goes like 30 and your man gaz just goes what and he's like, <laughs> like and he's like like 30 and he's just like and he goes and you can see him staring he goes 60 <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness the height but, of tv back yeah, then was yeah, just oh. was incredible i watch california swipe like at least once a year it's just it's, it's still <laughs> so horrible. funny but to come back yeah um, <laughs> Because uh, like Dido Okay so it's like cool. Oh poor Dido We put a lump yeah. him With those lines yeah. <laughs> Now I'm going to associate Dido with venereal disease In my, in my, in my head That's um, uh, but He's already the- associated With you know A certain piercing So Sure What? You know that? Yeah, what? That uh, piercing on the vulva Is called a Dido Is it? Yeah I never knew that Yeah It's a great fact Okay You learn something new every day There you go I'm gonna say that'll work tomorrow (laughs) Over coffee Dido Yeah the perfect marriage of Dido And a prince It's very hard It's very hard to sneak that one in But I'll get it (laughs) Put your hands together brother I don't know how that comes up And work (laughs) Oh you'd be surprised (laughs) But um But uh No the first album It's like It's like It's folky And you have your acoustic guitars And like like, You know Singing about relationships But then it has like A really clever um, trip off influence because her brother Rolo he was a producer and he worked with like Underworld and stuff so he's oh, bringing sick. in that so he's bringing this kind of electronic component production perspective into an acoustic folk context and I think it works really well it was really ahead of its time so yeah I think Dido is very underrated um, to be honest actually that's probably the one thing that our music has in common with Dido in that her brother is a producer and like half her songs are about you know like douchey men that she slept with <laughs> And then in our band, they just like shown, like just writing lyrics about like it's like you know messed up relationships, yeah. and I'm just sitting there like, damn, I didn't, I didn't really want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to listen to a song about you writing. Like. <laughs> well, no, because he still has it. We had a bit of t- okay. I will say we did have a bit of technical difficulties, but we're good now. So where were you going with? Uh, what was your favorite underrated band? Uh, it's gonna be Olympus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Olympus are it's just because they're so hated and and so reviled. Um. And you listen to them like if you actually just sit and listen to them like the the beats are great and the guitar work is great and it's really really like it's just you know Fredder's rapping is pretty cringe but the rest of it is like bomb. It's weird that like one of the songs that like whenever. It, uh, normally comes on like that it happens with my friend group if we're having a session whatever is um, somebody always sticks on Behind Blue Eyes their cover of the Leonard Skinner song mm. and people like it is it's cringy but yeah. people people do love it and they're just like yeah. it's like that's Limp Biscuit. it's like <laughs> why can't they do this shit like more kind of like because he's actually he doesn't have a bad singing voice for exactly yeah he, he actually he do, like even like um 
one song that I like by them is uh, Eat You Alive. Now, there is still cre- weird lyrics on it. Like, yeah. um, I don't think we'll even get into it, but his more kind of shouty kind of power stuff that he does with his vocal, I really like, but then mm. he does the, like the, yeah, the, um, the like, rapping. the fucking nooky shit has to yeah. go. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. His rapping voice is really silly. Like, <laughs> hey, ladies! <laughs> there, there's, um, there's this writer I, 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 I like, uh, Freddie DeBoer. He's like a, he's like a Marxist and he has like, he has like, he's a journalist. And um, he wrote this article about new metal, and he argues, and this is quite a spicy take. He argued that like that most of the hatred for new metal is is rooted in in class uh, contempt. Interesting, so, really. Well, he argues that like you know because there's a whole whole idea that there's two tribes in America, like the blue tribe and the red tribe, and the, and the blue tribe is like you know I listen to everything except country, you know, and the red tribe is like I listen to country. So like the red tribe tends to be like working class, and the blue tribe tends to be. Middle class, upper class. Uh-huh. And so the idea is that, like, new metal was a genre of metal performed by working class musicians, which was the driving factor. Working class white musicians, which is mm. the driving factor why it attracted so much ire from the, yeah, you know, Ivy League educated mm. uh, music, music critics. And, like, I'm not sure I entirely agree, but... <laughs> I can see where he's coming from. It's an interesting take. Yeah. Like my my favorite band for years were Papa Roach. I was obsessed yeah. with them. Mm. I don't know if I um you might not like this, but um uh the song uh oh it's a Queens of the Stone Age song, Nicotine Volume, Marijuana. Oh Papa Roach did a cover of that on their live album. Yeah. And I for ages was like, Why don't Papa Roach make this a single? What this is a great song that they wrote. <laughs> and I had no idea Queens of the Stone Age made it. So I was just like <laughs> for for uh, for a lot for way too long. For way too long. For for a long time in secondary school, my, my two favorite bands were Korn and Joy Division. I fucking loved Korn. Man, Korn are, I've seen Korn live four times. They're a really? fantastic band. Uh, yeah. I never seen them. I really should see them live because like They're you know, amazing. Yeah, I kinda of get one off them a bit, but like occasionally like something will something will come up on the shuffle. And I'm like, this I, actually still slaps like I saw them open for Slipknot and they fucking blew Slipknot out of the water. Really? And like they, oh Jesus, they were way better. Mm. I've seen Slipknot three times. Two of the times I've seen them they were really bad. Um one time they were really, really fucking yeah. bad. But then the other time I saw them they were amazing. So mm. Um, I think and by the way I will say just a caveat both times that I saw Slipknot uh, that were bad they were on the very 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 end of their tour so mm. Corey's vocals were just shot yeah okay. that's, so, that's, that's understandable yeah, yeah. so it, they, they were they, they weren't bad just because of that but like obviously if your lead if your lead isn't able to perform kind of the mood in the room isn't as good so mm. but yeah. um, the other time that I saw them which was at Download Festival they were fucking incredible they were really good mm. But uh, no, corner, 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 amazing life. Like new metal is like it's so weird because like, um, it's so looked back on as like oh it's just this weird like apparition in like popular music that mm. it's just like you know shouldn't go back to it and it's bad. But at the time like you know Snoop Dogg was doing stuff with Corn and the Biscuit yeah. and like Corn have a song. Corn literally have a song with I yeah I oh sorry Ice Cube yeah it yeah. was Children of the Corn great song. Lincoln Park did like a collab album with Jay Z. Jay Z yeah. yeah. So like they were at least to a certain extent, like, accepted by the hip-hop community. Yeah, absolutely. And yet still everyone looks back and is like, no, nah, no, nah, that was bad and cringy. And, you but know. sure even isn't in the Limp Bizkit video. Isn't there one Limp Bizkit video where, like, Eminem is in it, Snoop Dogg yeah, is uh, in it, and stuff. Break yeah, Stuff, yeah. 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 Um, and then he has some weird falling out with... He seems to fall out with everybody he's worked with. But <laughs> I get the impression Fred Durst is kind of a hard good, hard dude to get, get along with. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not any comments on his music, but just observation about him as a person. But who knows? I mean, do you know? Do you ever hear about him with the band Stained? No. So you know, do you know the band Stained? I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah they're like a, it's been a while, and then I'm on the outside like that. That, but um, their first album, 
they supported Limp Bizkit at a show. Uh, and for, I think, what happened was they had, like, what apparently looked like a devil on their cover. So uh, Fred Durst thought they were Satanists and went in and just F them out of it. And was like, you're not fucking coming on stage. Fuck you guys. Fuck you. Like, just just completely F them out. And then they went on stage and did an amazing show. And then Fred Durst came back in and apologized and then signed them and produced their first album. Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. which is Break the Cycle. Um, it's a, it's a good album. It's it's better than some other new metal albums that mm. I've listened to. But, like, it's been a while. It's a great song. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's mo- one of the most... <laughs> it's so weird when you, ha- you have these, like, uh, metal musicians giving out to people. It's like, that's fucking... You know, it's like, how dare you have a demon on your cover? It's mm. like, I thought that was pretty metal, no? <laughs> but, like, the fucking stuff that, like, Limp Bizkit had on their album covers, like, they were nasty. Like, they were disgusting, yeah. like... <laughs> It's they the, have an album called Chocolate Starfish, Starfish yeah. in the Hot Dog Flavored Water. water. And for kids out there, that's not a nice reference. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean. We don't have to explain it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> My parents listen to the podcast. Come yeah, on, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. They don't. <laughs> yeah. but, um... but no, it's like Fred is like, I'll be as gross as I want, but like, I love God. <laughs> yeah. Love With the law for the nookie. What is that? <laughs> The Nookie is Jesus. The Nookie is, is Jesus. The Nookie is our is the, is the, is the, the unconditional love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's getting used as a soundbite for sure. By the way, for this um, if you could change one thing about the Irish music scene, what would it be? Oh, only one. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I am not a fan of the talk singing thing. The talk what? The talk singing thing. Oh, the spoke like the. Like are you talking? Are you talking about like thing. the post punk thing that's yeah. going on at the moment? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan. That, that doesn't do anything for me personally. Because um, we were talking about like metal bands, like you know, screaming earlier, and like, oh yeah, he's a singer. Like he's not the singer. Yeah, but I like you know the way the thing I always say. Like, you, you've heard this before. Like you know, screaming. It's inartful. Uh, you don't have to like hold and hold a tune the way you do when you're singing, mm. but at least like it expresses some kind of emotion. You know, when you hear a metal singer going like, like that, like, like he sounds angry, he sounds pissed off, whatever yeah. you know. Whereas like when I hear someone be like, <laughs> that just it doesn't it doesn't convey any kind of feeling to me. The singers usually sound kind of bored. I'm like, if you're bored by the song that you're singing, why should I be interested in the song that you're? Even even you aren't interested yeah. in it, you know. So. There there's certain bands there's certain bands that do that do the kind of thing very well, but like I, I do have this thing where I remember particularly when the Fontaines came out. Right. Um and I like the Fontaines. I'd like I'm not a huge fan of them, but I'd I'd I'd, I'd, I'd go see them. Mm. But there were so many bands trying to copy just what Green was doing to the point that it was like, lads, just make up your own fucking sound. Seriously, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. And I used to yeah. go to the um is it uh King Kong, not the King Kong Club, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the guys who do the Battle of the Bands type yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah, well, we, we played one of those yeah, yeah, years yeah. ago, yeah. And just, there was one night that I was particularly there with my friend Zach, and just everybody, there was three bands on in a row who sounded the exact same. Yeah. And I was like, stop trying to be like yeah. another band. Yeah. Try and do something. I know it's hard, like, it's hard to be original. It's hard to come up with a unique. Yeah, none of us are, none of stuff. us are wholly original, but like, yeah. you know, people like deliberately, tra- knowingly chasing trends. No, but that's what I mean. There's, there's, that's, that's the issue. It's like, it's like when you have bands that, um, 
you know, when you're talking to them and it's like, yeah, we're trying to be exact. We're trying to be like this. I even have it. Do you know one thing that drives me mad? Because I work as a graphic designer. One thing I have with bands is where I had it with one artist. I'm not going to name and shame them, but because <laughs> um, I, did, I didn't even share it on my Instagram so I can get away with it. But mm. they they actually showed me a album cover. I was like, I want it just like that. And I was like, what? And I was like, I want it just like this. Uh, to the point that they even had me measure out. Oh, come a partic- on. I'm not joking. And I was just like, you're meant to be a fucking, you're meant to be creative. creative. What yeah, the hell yeah, is this? Yeah. Try and just try and be, It's. I know it's hard, but just try and be different. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's how I feel, you know, like for music videos. Because like, you know. Music videos are tough. But, yeah. but it's, it's just like, you know, the amount of bands are like, we're going to do a music video and it's just going to be. A video of us playing the song. It's like yeah. but the whole with those know, fucking lights on in the background. <laughs> yeah. But it's like music video is an opportunity to show your creativity and like the most creative thing you can think of is like the band playing the song in a room. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't bode well. I think. I think. But I remember, I remember when I first heard um, "Just Mustard," right? Because oh. I, I feel love like that band, by the they way, did so something. You better watch your fucking. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm about to be extremely complimentary. Don't worry. So the thing is, like, I feel like. To me, the definition of the like the post punk thing like in Ireland now mm. is it's like it's guitar bands, right? And it's like rock band dudes who like grew up like listening to rock music, but it has nothing to do with riffs, which is really weird for a guitar band, right? Mm. It's not about riffs; it's just about like this sort of atmosphere and this sort of vibe that they're creating with the production and with like a million effect pedals, right? Mm. So when I first listened to Just Mustard, I was like oh, that's a beautiful guitar tone and that's a really nice drum beat. And I'm just like, there's nothing going on. There's no riffs. I know it's like amazing, mm. you know? Have you seen it live? No, I haven't. It translates very well live. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I was I was living in Germany last year. I was supposed to see them play in Berlin and then they cancelled. So just most of you, if you're listening, you owe me a, you owe me a ticket to your <laughs> next show. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they're doing the whole post-punk thing and then, you know, you're one singing. And again, the singing is like, the melodies are like, that simple and it's just sort of this atmosphere and this sort of emotion in the in the vocals mm. i'm like yeah it's just so weird to have a guitar band that's not about riffs not about hooks anything it's just like pure atmosphere for like a three minute song mm. and then it ends it just sort of fizzles out and ends it's gorgeous like mm. no i agree like it um because the the I listened to them like once or twice, like not not done a deep dive on them. But then that that latest album came out, which was just fucking. You know, when I, as soon as I saw the artwork, I was like, "Oh, what have we got here?" Mm. And then my friend of mine brought me to see them in the academy, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" It was just a another level kind of thing. But um, there is something very unique. Then, but I got kind of uh, not really post punk, kind of a shoegazy thing off them. Not right. to be honest, mm. like in my bloody Valentine kind of vibe. But mm. you know, it it that's actually an. Int- I've never heard somebody mention like that that there isn't really. It is meant to be kind of guitar music, but there's actually not... It's kind of more textural. Yeah. Than, yeah. Right. Ethereal is the mm, yeah. word that I'd like to chuck out for any band that has a, <laughs> a type of sound. <laughs> um, so well, would you... Is there anything you would change yeah. or... Oh, oh, no. I forgot about that question. No, yeah. I'm stuck. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, can do a I, second, I can do a second one if you want. Oh, no, I have one. I have one. I would like to see more... Um, I'm assuming you're the big brother, are you? <laughs> Taking the spot. <laughs> Can I open your present? <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> um, I I mean, there's like there's loads of great stuff out there that's kind of doing this, but I would love to see more sort of uh, rock, rap, metal crossover, mm. you know, mixing and and like Run DMC and Aerosmith, or 
No. <laughs> <laughs> like Rage Kiss Machine. <laughs> okay. Um Yeah, you don't see it anymore. You yeah. don't, you really don't. I think uh, I think cuz like New Metal got such a hammering in uh every kind of We're kind of back to New Metal now. Yeah, yeah, we are, yeah but it, it really did. A... It got there such was, a hammering. There was I saw this. There was I I can't I cannot remember their name for the life of me, but it was a Dublin band. Mm-hmm. And they were combining like the gent and rap and other things. Mm. Gent, gent and gent, rap. Yeah. Ooh, Very that'd be difficult. Yeah. The fucking time signatures and that are yeah. the whole point. Um, is I that can't it's meant to be remember regular. what they were called, but they. Ha- I remember they had a song on Spotify. It was called like "Motherfucker," but all the you know, the thing where they get rid of all the vowels. Yeah. So it was yeah. just like M T H R F C K R. Um, I can't remember what they're called, but I was like, oh, well, it's different. Yeah. Do you, Do you ever listen to um the band Horror? But it's like H O Nine nine oh nine. Oh, I I heard one of their singles. It's they're class. Cool. They're really mm. good. You should give them a shot. They're not. They're not from Ireland now, but they're yeah. they're good. They're. It's a little bit like body count. It's quite right? experimental. It is a body. I actually saw body count really? uh, years ago. Um, it was very very interesting. But I needed to pee the entire time I was watching them. So I was kind of kind of queuing up. I was like, oh shit, there's iced tea. And then got in and then straight away. I remember the girl I was seeing at the time just like, yeah, you just ran out of the cubicle fell and then just ran <laughs> and then and then ran into the mosh pit <laughs> but nice. yeah no it's just particularly because like you know there's just the whole like postpone thing is huge and then we just like like a huge like awesome hip-hop scene as well and i would mm. just like i'd love to see something yeah. that encapsulates both yeah that'd be cool um okay uh oh uh i love asking this question what was the first and last album you bought and if you haven't bought one recently, it's the last album you fell in love with. The first album I bought was The Gorillas' first album, the you... debut. Oh, nice. Self, is this the self-titled the one? self-titled one, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, I played that CD so much, so I wore the disc out. <laughs> uh, I, still, I still come back to it. Um, I actually listened to Gorillas before I listened to Blur. Um, Same. Yeah. I, have, I, was, I wasn't aware of Blur. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, Damien Albarn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think that actually that one holds up. Like the first single I bought was "Ice Ice Baby" by Vanilla Ice. That one, that one's embarrassing. But you like, might I want to edit that one off the audio. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Look, I bought. I say it every time. I bought Akon's "Convicted" was my first ever album. Nice. It's still there. Love it's it. no, it's at the very beginning of the the rack, but um, <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say that'd be that. That was the, that's definitely the first album I ever bought, and. Uh, last album, I don't remember the last album I bought, but the last album I fell in love with was Singularity by John Hopkins. Oh, I have not listened to that actually. Mm. Yes, when was it? Was that out last year? Was it at- no? Because he he did do some recent. This one came out a few years ago. Okay. Because um yeah I was I was I was at a um I was at my friend's house and his house his his housemate put on this song Emerald Rush, and he told me that John Hopkins was playing a gig in the Clemenum Hospital, I think. The night, like the night lockdown started in 2020. Oh wow! So he put on this this song. And I was like, this song is class. Um, so it's from that album, uh, Singularity, and I, and I just listened to that, and uh, yeah, I just that was um, yeah, I just couldn't get enough of it. I was listening to, listening to it like every day. I I was um, I think it was last year, middle of last year. I was I just decided to hike Lugnaquilla. By myself, um, so I had like a like a disc man, I have a fucking old school disc man. I put that I on. I used to have a Walkman that I'd go everywhere as well. And yeah. My friends were like, you know, iPods exist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was I was hiking up Lugnaquilla. It was really foggy. I was listening to that in, in my, my headphones. And it was a real kind of like, I don't know. It was a really powerful experience. You know, it was, uh, it's just a really beautiful 
powerful album the way it combines like you know this techno with like choral elements and like minimalist mm. piano and yeah do you ever listen to lost girls it's like Gen- yenny Aval's uh group with um this guitar composer it's really really like if you like if you like john hopkins i think you'd like that it's not as intense now but it is just these it's a very texture based yeah. um there's vocals on it as well that are gorgeous too i haven't listened to lost girls but i've read the book lost girls by alan moore which is porn featuring characters from Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland and it's it's I felt dirty while reading it so. I understand the songwriting thing now I get it what the fuck is that <laughs> it's, it's, it, I'm not joking it is unironic is it like Chuck Pal Eunuch book or something what no it's Alan Moore you know, who did like Watchmen oh and he actually has a, he, um, Oceans at the End of the uh, An Ocean at the End of the Lane is one of my favourite books and there's a play on it at the moment hmm. it's quite a beautiful book but I don't remember this book something like yeah. that. I mean like I thought it would be like kind of tasteful erotica no it's just literally fucking Peter Pan fucking Wendy for like a hundred pages and then lovely yeah it's I don't know I was like, I was like why am I reading this I don't yeah, know why we get the explicit this. rating on every episode that's, that's the story that gets it <laughs> sorry Mr. Spotify your grand it's alright <laughs> you first album just another episode I can't show my granny <laughs> um, first album I bought was No in the Will Last Night on Earth oh yeah, which again, yeah, I know you're surprised because yeah. I've been talking to you about the music I like. <laughs> yeah. It was not very formative of my taste, and yet I still love that album. Hmm. I bought I it in HMV and Dundrum. Now, to be honest, um, it's it's really good. Yeah, I it's, should give it a listen. It's fantastic. It's, it's probably not their best album because after that, I listened to their previous two albums, uh, First Is Spring and Peaceful The World Lays Me Down, and those are actually much better. But um, yeah, it's a great album. And then most recent album last like yeah no a couple of months ago i listened to timba butterfly by catch it tomorrow mm. oh great album that's a fucking that is a 10 out of 10 album like it's it's brilliant i had such a weird experience listening to it because one of those albums that had been recommended to me by like so many people and i was like i really need to check that out check it out first time i listened to it i was like i don't get this at all and i listened to it the whole way through again and i was like this is the most amazing thing i've ever heard <laughs> But I like I know for anybody who knows the album has probably heard it a thousand times. But I just when I was listening, couldn't get over the fact that it's a live band playing. There's no, it's not uh, samples or anything. Like it's an actual live band playing the entire time through yeah. the album. Even the drummer is a live drummer. It's a what? It's a none of its samples. No, I don't think so. Like I well, I think as far as I'm aware, I remember the whole point was that it's a live band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly the the main thing was that it's a live drummer. Yeah. It's not just um like fills or whatever. It's. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, no, it's fucking phenomenal. We gonna be alright. It's such a good song. Like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just got. It's just a weird energy to it as a as a rap album. Like, because mm. I mean, I didn't know that, but that makes so much sense because it's so much bit where it's like the rhythm sort of swung and sort of like pushed a bit. You know what I mean? Whereas normally every time it does a rap album, it's just like, it's like rigorous four four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just the whole jazz thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, the, like the instrumentations on it are absolutely phenomenal. Like yeah. I, I, I was fortunate enough not to get a free ticket to see him play in the three arena recently, mm. and just the artistry that went into the whole stage design and everything. It's just yeah. you know the, that's the kind of. It's funny. I went on. I was a big, big hip hop head when I was younger, but it was like nineties hip hop. But then. Got back into it through Kendrick Lamar and who else were some of the ones? Schoolboy Q was another one, mm. and then discovered Death Grips, which was like, oh shit! Oh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna yeah, see that. Are you actually? I'm oh, so yeah. jealous. I'm so wait. Is there still tickets going? Because I would love to. Uh, get I, was, I was I was there hitting refresh on the Ticketmaster yeah. page. Oh, yeah. Did no, you see I they added another date? Pardon? They added another date. 
I didn't even know they were playing. <laughs> you know they were playing? No, no idea. I remember my dad was like, I, I was playing inanimate since sensation in my room here. Very, very, very drunk. I was just like, you know that, ooh, the way it built. <laughs> and dad opened the door. I was just going, ooh. And he's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And just... <laughs> When I was in school, still living at home. <laughs> when I was in school, like we used to just put on hothead and then just like spasm on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had this experience when I was in school because I was listening to like a lot of um like uh black metal from like from, from Norway and stuff. Big black metal fan. And at the time, I had like hair down to my arse, so uh, so I had to like you know, like get a shower. Up, my mum couldn't tell. Like, does he is he does he is he listen to music or does he just have the hair dry wrong? Because it sounds the same from 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 downstairs. But it, black metal was one of those because like I went through a went through a huge black metal fan. Now I went off the Norwegian stuff. Now I went more into more uh, like I love the black gaze stuff, which is yeah. a term I still fucking hate, but it's yeah. just that's what it is. But um, I remember like listening to I got um the Dark Throne album under mm. a funeral. No, it's not Funeral Moon. It was the uh, the. I can't remember what songs it has on it. It was the second album, basically. Transylvanian Hunger. Transylvanian Hunger, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember hearing it for the first time, and it's like, I like this, but it does sound like shit. Like, And then it came with, and the first album sounds like shit as well, and it came with a CD of Fenris going over uh, the production. He would go, he would give commentary on each each song. And then you find out that the whole point of it was for it to sound awful. It was like, that's literally the whole kind of aesthetic of it. I, it's it's very interesting music. Like, um, it I can't get behind what they did, but uh, I mean they're they're all awful people. Awful people. It's the same with like I remember there's so many albums over there that um, like particular. I love this band called Drudica. I love this band called Drudica, Ukrainian black metal band. Mm. And I was listening to them for ages, and it was at a friend of mine's house, and he was like, "Oh, oh you can't listen to them anymore." I was like, "What do you mean?" I was just like, "He goes, do you know what they sing about?" And I was like, "No." He goes, "They're like a Nazi band," and I was like. <laughs> Oh, and he's like, yeah. He's like, did you not know that? I was like, hadn't a clue. Mm. And then it happened like a year later with a band called Maglite. You know, the MGLA. They have a beautiful, they have a, an amazing album called Exercise in Futility, mm. which I love. It's a, such a great album. And then I was like, oh, they're playing Dublin. He goes, I wouldn't go to that if I were you. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, they're a Nazi band. <laughs> yeah, issues. But um, the other stuff is great. <laughs> I, remember, I remember you sent me a meme a while ago. It was, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was um, you know, hip hop fans. Uh, feeling distraught when they find out Kenny West is like a, is like a Nazi, and then it's, and then it's like it's like fucking um, what's your man's name, James Franco? Yeah, uh, it's, it's like, like black metal fans. First time. <laughs> <laughs> well, but he's no longer a Nazi because he watched Twenty One Jump, Jump Street. Street yes, if Jonah only <laughs> if if only Hitler had had a copy of Twenty One Jump Street. Oh, oh man, if only Hitler had seen Seinfeld, bro, <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> I, I do remember I was in a I was at a black metal show in Paris years uh just before COVID actually. Mm. I was watching a band called Mall, who I love, and um Orbit Culture playing and then some other bands were playing as well. But um I was out having a smoke and this guy came up behind me and I have like, you know, the jacket that I was with the patches on, and this guy was like, Oh, at the gates fucking love at the gates i was like i like at the gates too which is why they dominate my whole back and uh so he sat down and started chatting with me about it. he was like going through all the patches he's like i love this band love this band um so we're chatting for about i swear to god we're chatting for about an hour Ooh. chatting for about an hour and um <laughs> having a great time with him and uh then an african-american an african-american gentleman walked in whose name was kevin who i befriended up death heaven the next night mm. 
And uh, he just was like, what the fuck is this? Drop the hard R and all <laughs> doing at this venue. And I was just like, oh, what the fuck? And he goes, and he was just like, they have their music. We have our music. Oh, and went no. on like a proper racist spiel. Oh, and I was there the whole time no. just with the smoke just going like, how do you get at this conversation? And I had to go, oh, I think I hear a band on. And he was just like, he's like, I don't hear any music. I was like, oh, you might be deaf and just had to just walk away. Oh, that's bad. That's really bad. Yeah. I've met two Nazis in my life. That's one of them. But we don't have time for the other It's ones. interesting because he didn't just go like, oh, you like this one band. Therefore, you must, you know, be a Nazi like me. No, he just... He really- was like, you like these these 25 bands... <laughs> I'm I'm gonna make a pretty good guess. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> unbelievable! It really oh was unbelievable. That's, like, that's, that's, that's really bad. It was, oh yeah, it was really yeah. bad. Yeah, it was yeah. it was terrible. It's kind of like in hindsight, obviously, it's 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 not funny, but you know, it's just such a bizarre story that you're like, because I've yeah. never experienced you, somebody being genuinely like that, yeah. like overtly yeah. racist. Yeah, it's so yeah. Oh, like really yeah, yeah. Normally, like when you hear the word, like it's it's, it's there's a bit of plot. Oh, he said way like he said he said much 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 more that I'm not going to repeat on the podcast, but. But yeah, yeah I mean, he was I, like, I, but he was like, they have their music, we have ours. I was uh, like, what are you talking about? Metal and rock music, co- like, was basically like rock music, particularly was a genre completely stolen derived from, from like black, black musicians. People, yeah. yeah, literally. <laughs> it's it's like when like you know you, you you often hear like the word like you know misogynist used like in a kind of you know you have to do a bit of like you know I mean it's 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 rarely used like in a, in a very overt way. Mm. People were described things of being misogynist that aren't like really overtly misogynist but, I, but like I, I once worked with this guy and he was just like yeah I just fucking hate women I just think you know women are shit and they're just <laughs> boring and stupid and I was like well that's that's like that's there's no deniability there yeah. like that's what yeah. the word means I, I knew know? a guy who was like that he goes I hate women and it's like why he goes they just you know and I was like and I read it it's just because you couldn't get with them and it's like that's mm, not a reason yeah. to hate somebody that's just you being a, just a sad bastard <laughs> yeah. but yeah just coming back to like their music and our music it's just like if you're yeah. saying like yeah. our music is like okay so you got classical and metal and that's pretty much it yeah <laughs> maybe irish trad yeah you got trad but then like you know you, you've got you know elizabeth I mean, elizabeth just of all the people corrals. of all the people like to be nazis like you know just people who are really into music do you know what I mean? yeah. it's just like because you're like you're losing out on like rock soul hip-hop like you know everything yeah. like ragtime <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was gonna be a Nazi, but then I realized I had to give up ragtime. I, I, I could never listen to Miles Davis ever again. I was like, nope, nope, not worth it, bro. Yeah, a part is one of the most stupid parts of the human condition. Is just it's just hating somebody for because they look different to you. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, you know, I did some bullets. <laughs> <laughs> so. I used to have one when I was like fourteen. I got one thinking it was awesome, and then yeah. and then quickly after a while realized that I look like a twat. How upset were um, you in the last two years when they came back? You know what I mean. I was like, I questioned it for quite a while. I was like, mm. what, what, what? Has, have we really degraded that most of us as a society <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that we're allowing this? Like, it does look good on some people, but there's some like that. There was some really like real out there mullets, like the the proper like Billy Ray Cyrus ones. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? <laughs> it's, it's like I always say, like I hate man, man buns, and, and girls always say the same thing. Like, what about Hozier? I was like, no, like Hozier doesn't look good because he has a man bun. Hozier looks good in spite of having mm. a, a man bun, which is an important distinction. Ah, well, if they look good and they feel good, that's all that matters. But I just guess. don't, yeah. Actually, no, I changed my answer. Yeah. If I could change one thing about the Irish music scene, <laughs> no more just, the, It's just like Dublin music man, mullet, mustache. And yeah. it's like, I, it's a terrible look. I get it. Yeah. Uh, well, I only have one more question for you guys. Okay. Um, and I always end each episode like, with this question. And it's, uh, what do you love most about what you do? 
Always leave the hardest question to the very end. <laughs> it's a great interview tactic, by the way. Doesn't stop. Doesn't stop the flow whatsoever. <laughs> I, um, for me, I was talking about this with um, with our drummer Bastian, because for him, like you know, the, the, the you know the highlight is is playing live. You know, like everything else kind of comes second playing live for him. Like playing live is like the whole reason he's doing this, right? Mm. But for me, like I, I think, um. The, the the thing that kind of drives me, I guess, is like being in the studio. And when you have like a, th- a song you can hear in your head, a sound in your head, and then like um, when you accomplish that or when you like record something and it comes like very close to like the sound you hear in your head, like that kind of like manifesting your vision. Hmm. That's like the most, that's why, that's, that's why I'm doing this, you know? And I and I still I also love playing live. It's it's, it's great, and um, it's one of the things. Like, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why COVID was so was so trying. Was you know there's there was none of that, but um, for me that's kind of like probably the biggest part is like when you when you get like a mix back from the engineer or the, or the producer and you listen to it and you're like yes that's that's what I was going for yes exactly you know so for me that's that's mm. the, the most important part. Yourself. Yeah, my favorite thing is um, actually just the writing process when it's collaborative. Mm. So we're in this song for like, you know, like a month and, you know, we just like keep playing it over and over and then, and then we'll just come and just be like, oh, what if we did this? You know what, I mean? mm. oh, what if we did this? And, it's like, oh, and then just that collective, like immediate feeling of like, we try an idea for like, you know, the pre-chorus or whatever. And then we all just go like, oh, that was <laughs> sexy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's not something, and it, I like, and I know it's fully dependent on the fact that we're there doing it, you know what I mean? If I was just sitting there like, it's fully dependent on that collaborative, like immediate experience. Of where being, we all like, have the same reaction where it's like, oh, that yeah. works. Yeah. yeah, that's, oh, that's it. You know what I mean? Oh, that's yeah. the song. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. That's a good feeling. Yeah. So uh, this is the time where you plug yourself. So uh, Can't Sleep Without Paracinemol is out. Is it next Saturday? So it's com- the single is coming out on the 7th and then we're playing the, the single launch gig on the 8th. Fantastic. And I will promise to have this uh, episode out this week. So that makes actually sense. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but lads, that was really fun having you guys on. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's the episode. Yeah, thanks for having us. Make sure to Thanks give late, uh, late Night Pharmacy a follow and all that kind of carry on. And where can everybody get you actually? I'm assuming Facebook. Yeah, we're on. Uh, we don't use Facebook anymore, but um, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Spotify, of course, and Bandcamp. If you want to, if you want to download the songs, we're on Bandcamp. Fantastic. Well, I hope you've enjoyed that anyway, and that's 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 a wrap, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the end of our episode for this week. Just want to give a quick thank you again to Late Night Pharmacy, Fiona Nushin, for coming over. It was really, really lovely having you. Um, fantastic guest. Make sure to get tickets for their headline show in Bellow Bar on the 8th of April and to listen to the brand new single, Can't Sleep Without Paracetamol, on the 7th of April. Should be a really, really fun show with fine joy. And uh, yeah, if you enjoyed that episode and want to hear more, please give the podcast a follow. It really, really helps me out. I would very, very, very much appreciate it. And normally with these episodes, I kind of teeter it off with the uh, theme music, but uh, we have one of my favorite songs by Late Night Pharmacy. Uh, the lads were very kind to send it over to end the episode to close it which is um, is it because uh, it's a fantastic song so that's what you're going to hear now Uh, I hope you have a lovely weekend thank you very much for listening we'll be back again next week